0: First Peter two verses eighteen to twenty five, servants be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust, for this is a gracious thing when mindful of God one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God, for to this you have been called but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. All right. So we're continuing in this submission to authority section. And today it's more workplacey than government. And um, Peter does an amazing job of tying this passage up with just this beautiful uh, framework of the gospel and the beauty of the character of Jesus Mm -hmm. and you know, I just love how this ends. You were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So, uh, a powerful passage. Um, and, you know, off the bat, I think it's just worth addressing, you know, the servants to be subject to your masters. Um, it's, it's loaded for us on the side of history because of, you know, the African slave trade and, um, just that massive moment in the history of the world, um, where slavery became this entirely different thing. Um, and so I don't think we have to press, like, I, I would say that is something good to press into on your own time of understanding like slavery, the, the Greek word doulos and servants and masters in the Bible and then as we saw it play out in the era of colonialism mm-hmm. different things different economies and everything so anyways all that to say this is more directly applicable to sort of our our relationship in in the economy in the workplace mm-hmm. and it's a it, this is a heavy word it's basically saying be okay to suffer unjustly um from you know the people in power above you mm-hmm. which is definitely not something that is a popular opinion or a popular truth or command so greg um how about you jump into the fire before i do <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm amazed you don't want to you don't want to take on the subject of chattel slavery uh you know, yeah,
1: um happy yeah. to take it on but you know <laughs> I, I do think it's better to just research it and Agreed. do it yourself.
0: um I think that to me, the the real heart of this passage um, is sort of in verse twenty three where it says, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. when he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. and mm-hmm. that you know you're not suffering injustice for the sake of suffering injustice um mm. and you're not it you're not not speaking up because being quiet in the face of injustice is a good thing but mm-hmm. he says that christ uh who knew no sin and did no wrong was reviled and treated unjustly and he didn't threaten he didn't do anything else why because he continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly and i think any Peter is pointing you to the fact that at no point in his entire walk on this earth was Jesus not 100% confident in, in the care of the father. He completely understood that the father would do what was best for him. And he simply rested in that. Yeah. And so that he didn't, you know, he was murdered. Mm -hmm. He was put on trial and he was murdered. Right. Mm -hmm. He didn't, he never, he never never defends himself. He doesn't stand there and say, you know, you guys are unjustly, he just, he speaks the truth, right? Yep. He says, you know, you've said, I've said this. He's he's very clear about who he is, but he never defends himself. He doesn't get defensive. He doesn't, you know, start a movement about look what everyone's done to me. Yeah. He trusts himself to the Father. And you have to imagine in that moment, right? He's on trial and 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 he's thinking to himself like if if the end of this is that I die, mm. and that's God's will for me, so be it. Mm. Not my will, but your will be done. And Peter I think is just calling us and it in the workplace even, in the way you just function in day to life, to follow the way of Christ, which is to trust yourself to He who judges justly. Mm. Do you trust the Father enough to understand that even if this injustice is happening to me, even if I'm being treated poorly, God will use it for my good and for His mm-hmm. glory, that He works all things together for the good of those who love Him, and that you love Him. And so, Maybe this is not the situation you would have designed for yourself, yeah. but you trust the Father. And Come so you on. don't threaten, you don't get angry, you don't do that. No, you trust him to use this for 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 whatever his good's going to be. And I think the second thing would be, when when we suffer, it's you know God is usually doing something in you that you don't realize. And I can remember once at work being accused of something by another attorney that I didn't do, very publicly accused. It was threatening my license, and I was Ooh, fun. extremely angry yeah. about it. I didn't say anything to him. I was angry. Everyone else thought it was funny because they're like you got to get wrongly accused once in your life, like that's part of being a lawyer. <laughs> but I was really I was it was like an existential crisis for me because he was challenging my integrity. And so I started praying about it, like what, you know, I didn't know what to do. And the more the more I the guy kept coming after me lying and being unjust, the more I started and the more I prayed about it, the more I started to consider his heart. And over the course of a couple of weeks, I all of a sudden started praying for him and being, you know, Father, I don't know what's going on with this guy that's kind of causing this. And then I realized like, it didn't really matter if what this guy was trying to do to me really worked or not. But like all of a sudden my heart had been open to like, I need to consider this guy as someone in need of Jesus and not consider them as just someone who's doing something wrong to me. And I realized that in suffering this way, God could have used this experience in his life, but he also used it in mine. Mm -hmm. And so I think to me, like the heart of this is, follow in the steps of your Lord and savior. Um, and I just think that's, I just think it's beautiful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I had to learn a lesson also in this, um, in college, which I definitely learned it with a lot of missteps and sin involved. So this is not self-aggrandizement, but I worked uh, in the warehouse at Target in Birmingham in college. And I had a, I had a manager and he was just so mean. Like he was, he's was one of the few people that I, I've met who like there was truly just no happiness just like pure meanness Mm -hmm. and i hated him at first like i i despised being around him like he made my skin crawl and um pretty early on i i just kind of came to this decision through the guidance of the holy spirit like i'm just going to be this guy's like i i'm going to be in the least suck up way possible, the best suck up in the world. Mm-hmm. And just like, you know, you say jump, I say how high, sort of relationship, and just be chirpy and work hard and try to make his life better, which, you know, there was never any sense of like gratitude or anything in return. But by the time that I left, we actually had this like solid relationship mm-hmm. and there was like respect that was built. And it was a good lesson for me. And what we've been talking about is essentially the way that you do the mundane things that seem totally non-spiritual in your life actually display to everybody the validity of your spiritual beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it was hard because most everyone that I worked with mm-hmm. just come to work, get the paycheck, go home, numb out over the weekend and mm-hmm. come back. And it, it was really depressing, but there were like a couple of us who followed Jesus there. And, you know, there were other hard workers, but there was this, uh, this distinct work ethic Mm -hmm. among a a few of us that was, it it just was distinct. And that was a gift from God Mm -hmm. that he allowed these sorts of things to take truth. But what it did was, you know, it, it ultimately built credibility. Mm -hmm. And then as conversations about deeper things came up, you're not this like grumbling person that you know your manager like despises even if it's unjust but you're kind of leaning into it and so you know yes like there's this caveat of there. there's times to change jobs and whatever sure and that's where just the counsel of the church and the guidance of the holy spirit is uniquely important in everybody's life and, and chiefly important in everyone's life but there's this principle that goes back to yesterday's of, you know, if you look at the things that are really bothering you, is there an obsession or or just like a a fear of losing freedom mm. or honor that is coming more from your flesh than from following Jesus? Yeah, and that's where the example of Christ, you know, to live as Christ, to die is gain. Well, who is Christ? He's the embodiment of love, of self-sacrifice. Of you know, long suffering endurance, and so is that what our lives display, or do we basically live in the same way with the same ethics as everyone else around us? We just do different things on Sunday mornings than right. all of our coworkers, and I think that's how our lives can begin to hold a different aroma than the other people in the workplace mm-hmm. with us.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's amazing. It, you know, as you say that, as you talk about. Working in a warehouse and building credibility—it reminds me, you know, that Jesus worked. Yep, you know? he did. And, and if you go to Israel and you, you know, you'll see that near where he grew up, there was a, a city built by Herod, sort of as a little self-aggrandizement to himself yeah. and his father. And it's un- very likely that Jesus and his brothers and his father and everyone in his village probably would have worked on this hmm. city, and they would have been working for Herod, which would not have been. <laughs> Yeah. Not of them sure have been great. The working conditions probably would not have been OSHA approved. Totally. And you wonder like he he would have done it without grumbling, without and he undoubtedly would have suffered injustice. And he simply um, you know, his entire life was was a testimony. Mm -hmm. Um and that's just once again, you know, kind of it's kind of been a theme this week. Just yeah, like you said, the the mundane things of your life. That Jesus did mundane things too, and he did them with perfection. Mm. Which means that there's nothing in your life that God doesn't touch. You know, it's kind of that old Abraham Kuyper quote, right? There's like, you know, no inch of the world uh, Hmm. of this earth that God does not say about it, "This is mine," right? Mm -hmm. And that there's no part of your life that way. There's no part of your life that cannot be lived, uh, imbued with a view towards God, imbued with a view
1: towards uh, the eternal.
0: And that as Christ did, it so should we.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, there's also just this great principle of, He who is faithful over little is faithful over Mm -hmm. much. And you know, like. For me, um, by God's grace, like that that season of, of working in that sort of environment was short, um, all things considered, but the Lord taught me a degree of faithfulness and perseverance that has set me up to do what I do now. Mm-hmm. And so I would say like, it's not wrong to change jobs. It's not wrong to look for a better work situation and, and things like that. But I would say if you resign the ability to be fully faithful and to, to plug in and to embody Christ in those scenarios, then you just won't be able to when the tides turn. Right, And you know, if if you cannot be faithful to God in hardship, then you can't be faithful to God in prosperity. And so that's like another piece of the pie, but obviously very complex. And I'm grateful for John Posey and our center for faith and work. And uh, just, you know, Brad Smith, Jeff Brink, like these guys in our church and women in our church who are thinking a lot about how faith and the modern workplace overlap. And so I would say it's definitely an amazing resource of our church and a unique resource of our church for anyone wrestling through the big questions of work and faith and uh, leadership and all that. So I hope this is helpful though for Greg Conley. This is Will Carlisle. We'll see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm.